Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, March 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. European regulators are looking into the fallout from the Greensill Capital fiasco, and Joe Biden will meet with three key world leaders to figure out how to beat back China's influence. And we'll take a look at what young soldiers in Myanmar are posting on TikTok. Plus, commercial property lenders have been patient with owners who can't keep up with their loan payments. Lenders immediately gave borrowers leniency as people were sort of scrambling to see how long this would last, when business and the economy would resume. But is there a property reckoning on the way? We'll take a look. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Last week, we told you about how green cell capital was pushed to the brink of insolvency. Greensill specialized in something called supply chain finance, and companies around the world relied on it to pay their invoices. Now, the European Central Bank is trying to find out if the crisis is contained. Europe's top banking regulator is asking lenders around Europe how much exposure they've had to Greensill and its key client, GFG Alliance. Greensill went into crisis after Credit Suisse, its major bank partner, froze $10 billion worth of funds linked to Greensill. And Germany's banking watchdog, Boffin, filed a criminal complaint against Greensill's subsidiary bank, alleging balance sheet manipulation. A source told the FT that the move by European regulators was standard and didn't necessarily mean they're concerned. The ECB, Greensill, and GFG Alliance all declined to comment. Joe Biden plans to meet with leaders from Japan, India, and Australia later this month to find ways to counter China's influence in the Indo-Pacific region. This quadrilateral security dialogue was formed in 2007, but later became inactive because India and Australia were concerned about provoking China. The Quad, as it's called, was resurrected by former President Trump, and India has become more active in the Quad after a deadly skirmish on the Himalayan border and rising tensions with China. Biden wants to reinvigorate the Quad as part of his China strategy. China, unsurprisingly, is not happy about this. On Sunday, China's foreign minister accused the U.S. of building small circles in the name of multilateralism. And in Myanmar, demonstrators continue to protest the military coup. But it's almost impossible to communicate on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. That's because military officials have blocked these social media sites. The military hasn't blocked TikTok. And the apps become popular among young soldiers. They've been posting videos of themselves with their weapons. The FT Siddharth Venkataramakrishnan has been looking at these videos. We're seeing things like soldiers who are normally quite young, pointing weapons at the camera or showing off fully loaded magazines with the very clear implication that these are for you if you if you are in the way. It's been quite interesting as well, because in at least a few cases, they're not the only videos on the accounts. And you can see that the same soldiers are posting about what food they're eating or what dance craze they're involved with in between videos of threats to uh, civilians. Siddharth. Let's recall the social media issues back in 2018. That's when Myanmar's military was carrying out clearance operations against Rohingya Muslims. And critics say they used Facebook to incite violence against the Rohingya. Do you see any similarities between that and what's happening now? I think it's interesting because compared to 2018, when it was mainly, you know, the criticism of Facebook was allowing senior military leaders or government leaders to push out this message. The videos we've seen on TikTok tend to be young maybe 20 or 30-year-old soldiers who are posting seemingly uncoordinated messages. I think for TikTok, it's another case of them 
trying to be the fun apolitical platform and, and really sort of a victim of their own success. What about TikTok? Have they taken any action? TikTok has taken action and has been removing videos from the military and suspending accounts and also removing some of the sounds which were popular in many of these military videos. But some did get millions of, of views. One of the videos which I'd seen had got four million views before it was removed. Commercial property owners have had a tough time during the pandemic. Just, you know, picture all those empty offices and hotels and unsold luxury condos. Many are having difficulty paying their creditors. Fortunately for them, creditors have held off calling in those loans. But some in the industry are waiting for the axe to fall. The FT's New York correspondent Josh Chaffin has been looking into whether that will ever happen. So Josh, I understand that one reason creditors are being so patient is, is that they have to, right? That's right. We've had restrictions on foreclosures and evictions. Courts have been closed, so that's made it difficult the other thing, though, is quite simply a lot of lenders don't want to be stuck with many of these assets. So they would rather extend loans and grant forbearance than, say, take over a struggling hotel or shopping center and have the responsibility for it themselves. And I think that approach has more appeal now that there is vaccine, several vaccines being distributed and there is kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think in addition to that, the fact that we've had historically low interest rates has also made it easier for lenders and borrowers to muddle along a little bit further if they think that there is a, an end in sight to the crisis. So it sounds like there's kind of two, two mindsets right now from commercial real estate investors right now, if I understand this correctly. There's one that, you know, just hang on, the good times are right around the corner, just, just be there when they happen. And then there's still that idea that the other shoe might drop. What could that look like and, and when might, might it happen? I think it's quite possible that both things will happen uh, hmm. sort of in parallel. One thing to keep in mind is that real estate assets are experiencing the crisis very differently. So if you're a hotel or a shopping center or retail, those things have, have by and large been brutalized. But there are other assets like warehouses, which are vital for e-commerce, that have absolutely thrived. And then somewhere in the middle are offices. And offices have done okay for the time being because they have long-term leases. But the question hovering over them is what kind of value they'll have in the future. And that gets into a much bigger debate about how people will, will work in the future. Uh, so it's possible that we have cases where people bring in more capital, they refinance, they find ways to sort of tide themselves over and get to the other side of the crisis. And lenders, if they think that a business has a has a strong case and has value, will be incented to try to help them reach that far shore. But there are others that were challenged going into the crisis, and the crisis has just made that worse. And in that case, we may end up seeing distressed sales. We may see properties that are converted from, say, malls into uh, warehouses or hotels into housing and, and so forth. So we could have sort of patchwork fixes uh, on one hand and, uh, and also distress alongside that. So I guess the main takeaway for me is that when, when we say lenient, we're not talking about lenders or creditors being nice here. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not looking out for the best interest of, of property owners. It's that they, they do actually see value in their investments somewhere down the line. 
I think that's right. I th either they see value or they don't see a better alternative at the moment that they don't want to be saddled with these things and holding on to them for an uncertain period of time. And, and you know, if a bank were to take over a shopping mall, say, at the moment, they'd like to know that there's a market to resell it, some way to dispose of it. And of course, the great uncertainty has been how much longer will the pandemic last until it begins to lift. I think it's, it's hard for people to say what the value of these things is. And therefore, it's hard to sell them or restructure them or refinance them or whatever else. So Josh, can you put this property situation in, into context for us? How does it compare to past financial crises? Well, this crisis is unique in the sense that uh, the economy was shut off for public health reasons, as opposed to you know the crises we saw in real estate in the early 90s or in 2008. But in the early 90s in particular, and, and also after 2008, those were cases where real estate assets, some of them became incredibly cheap. And you had great investors like Sam Zell who scooped up distressed properties and made a fortune in the process when things recovered. And so I think the, the vultures came out early on and there was a lot of anticipation that we'd see similar opportunities, distressed opportunities this time around. And the fact is, because there has been so much forbearance, um, and for some other reasons, those opportunities haven't really cropped up. Josh Chaffin is the FT's New York correspondent. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.